More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. On this episode of the Family Business Voice, we welcome our guest, François de Vichère. François is a shareholder and a past director of his own family's multi-generational enterprise in Belgium and the founder of De Vichère Advisors, one of the world's leading independent financial consulting firms for family enterprise owners. He's also the co-founder of Fotis LP that specializes in direct investing for family offices. We sat down with François to talk about the important shift in mindset that can help family enterprises grow, manage and safeguard their long-term wealth. Enjoy this episode with François. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Family Business Voice. I am particularly pleased today to have my guest with me, François de Vichère from the Vichère Advisors. Thank you, François, for joining us today. You're welcome. Delighted to be here. It's lovely to have you, François, because I think we're going to be talking about a very exciting topic today together. We're going to be tackling the subject of family wealth in the context of what can now, I think, very safely be called very turbulent times of this first quarter century Mm -hmm. and what will come after. I think, first Mm -hmm. of all, I always like to ask this question to people who have your extent of experience and who've been sort of like in the family enterprise fields Mm -hmm. for this long and have yourself the family connection as well and the family background. It feels like these times are turbulent. It feels like decision-making is subjected to Mm -hmm. increased Mm -hmm. complexity. François, is it true? I think what's unique, uh, Ramia, about the turbulence that we're living in today is that the world is so much more complex and continues to be so much more complex that when you look at connection, digitalization, when you look at Mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, the globalization, so there's so many external forces that are all kind of converging at one point, COVID being one, but obviously we're going to have other pandemics probably we have. So there is a whole political environment and economic environment that is making the challenges today uh, that families are living every day even more more complex. You know, families are, as I said before, families are really used to, you know, challenges and, and uh, because they come from the both the family side and the business side. So the time that we're living in today, I think, are, are more than ever challenging for families. So what is of value and how does that contribute to the definition of what is wealth today? I think it goes back to what I said before, Mia, that uh, families are becoming much more complex and therefore the turbulence that we feel right now are becoming even more challenging because of the complexity of our wealth. So the way I define the total wealth and the way I'm encouraging our families to look at their total wealth is not just looking at a business they're in, not just looking at their you know, uh, family asset, not just looking at real estate they may have, not just looking at value, but take a global view, a total view of their wealth as a package. And that includes, what does that include? That includes, that could include a legacy business. That includes some other direct investment they made over the years. That may include real estate. That may include family assets like boats and houses and nothing. Uh, and, 
That may include philanthropic assets that they have uh, also accumulated over the years as well. And not the least, obviously, the values of the values, the traditions the uh, of the family that are the intangible wealth inherent in a family. And the families have to take that total package and look at this and say, okay, what form, what kind of wealth do I want to pass on to the next generation? How do I see that on a very long-term basis? And that's why they have to start making decisions about the form wealth they want to pass on, how they're going to pass on the values, how they're going to pass on the so. And I'm trying to get, you know, our family friends to look at their wealth, not on a silo basis, but really have a portfolio view of their, what I call the total wealth, which has the tangible as well as the intangible wealth. What is, in your view, the greatest psychological obstacle for families to look at total wealth in that way? Families tend to think as entrepreneurs and business owners instead of wealth owners. In French, we use the word patrimoine, the patrimoine familial, and that's very different than, you know, a business. The patrimoine in, comes from Latin, obviously. It's really the entire wealth that you want to bring in and and. So the psychological obstacle that I see with families is that they need to make that transition between being mm. business owner, having a mindset of a business man or business woman to a wealth owner. So it's really from business owner to wealth owner. And when you think of yourself as a wealth owner, you step back from the business and you start thinking strategically about how you want to position your wealth. And I think it's a big mindset shift that you're talking about in a way. And I could imagine that sometimes even taking a whole generation to take place. But at the same time, now we're in a time where we probably have to make that shift fairly quickly if we don't want to see probably our businesses and our wealth suffer, right? Like, so we're we're calling out for action here. And, and let's talk a little bit more concretely about what actually resiliency here in these turbulent times will look like for family wealth owners and enterprise owners. And and you present something which is the SGA formula, and it's, it's a composition of creating stability, growth, and agility, which is one of my favorite, all-time favorite things to advocate in, in family enterprises, but also probably the hardest to achieve. But tell me more, Francois, about what it is that you're putting forward with the notion of stability, even though it seems almost unattainable for some of us at this particular moment in time. What I call the SGA concept, which for me is fundamental for families taking a total wealth view as a wealth manager and looking at this wealth and the and when I try to explain to our families, I, I take the uh, comparison of when you go to the gym and you go work out. What do you work out? You work on your core, that's your stability. You go on your, you know, your muscle strength, that's your that's your growth. And you also work on your flexibility, that's your agility. What I'm basically saying today that I think for given the terminal time that we're living in, given what, you know, complexity of the world today, families need to do all three of them at the same time. Mm -hmm. They need to have the stability, they need to have the growth of their assets, and they have to have the agility to take advantage of opportunities that are arise and that come up from crisis or from opportunities that they see in the market or in, you know, It could be philanthropic assets, it could be all kind of in the overall portfolio, how they, they change that. So, and that portfolio of assets over time 
Ramia will change, you know, as they navigate between, you know, stability, growth, and agility. So I have one uh, family in Middle East, for instance, as an example, that, uh, you know, had substantial operating assets. They took a big bet on electric vehicles. Actually, they were through MIT, they got involved in a electric vehicle program, which they had, uh, you know, kind of invested in. That's their, that was their agility, that was their agility part. And now this company went public and doubled the family wealth just from the value of the uh, of that mm. uh, that public company. Uh, so that's that's the agility of taking advantage, being able to have the flexibility to be able to take advantage of that thing. So, so you know, stability for me is a core, and that that goes into what do we mean by stability? We mean you know financial stability, obviously, in terms of the the balance sheet. Uh, you know, your most families are not overly leveraged, so you know the, the stability is something. But the stability also means owner stability. What do we have in terms of? what our ownership group looks like, how stable are we? Are we providing liquidity to those who want to get out so we have a core stability of owners that can go behind it? And then decision-making stability, which I, you know, which I, I, I would describe as, you know, a governance that is, you know, that is transparent, that is uh, stable if you want, and it's, uh, there's no confusion. That's the stability part of the, you know, of the equation. The growth is really how you grow your assets, what opportunities you're, you know, what the, uh, that could be, obviously your legacy business that's growing and growing in a sustainable basis. It could also be, you know, how you spread your risk and making sure that, you know, the asset base, the other asset base, if you want, that I think also has that. But also I think that, you know, how from a value perspective, how the growth of the values continue to evolve also as part of that. And so, so how do we get the family to espouse to ESG concept? How do we send the family to espouse the DEI concept? How do we, you know, so the values have to grow also as the family grows in terms mm-hmm. of uh, so, so it's not just the assets, also the, not the tangible aspect, also intangible. And then the agility, obviously, the agility to be able to take advantage of opportunities, whether it's opportunities in business, whether it's opportunity in the family. And I mean, we can talk a lot more about that agility part, but that's that's really for me the the new part of the equation, if you want. And all those three have to go together mm-hmm. to be able, as a family, to survive. What, in your view, is the greatest success formula here, Francois? Is it when we try to instill an equal appreciation of all three elements, stability, growth, and agility in each family member? Or do you play to everyone's strength and let different family members take on different areas? I mean, what has been your experience and what makes this formula successful in relation to the talent allocation in the family? It's a little bit of both what you mentioned. Mm. So it's first of all, the family espousing the concept that we need to be growing, we need to be stable, and we need to be agile. So we need to have that common vision, if you want. This is where how we want to grow as a family, right? This is what the... But then when it comes to how do we achieve that, there obviously will be different roles. And it's not just, okay, you're our chief agility officer, or you're our chief stability officer, or you're still growth ability. It's more within each one of those, where are the talents of the family that can be best applied to different parts of this? So it's really, I think, a little bit of both. So it's one is, I think you have to have a common vision of family. That's what we want to achieve. For me, that's probably the the most difficult part of it is really that as a family, 
Mm-hmm. We all agree this is what we're trying to do because obviously, as you said, each family member, because of their competencies or their talent or whatever, will inevitably go one way or thing. Where we need to grow, we even need to grow this. We, we, yeah. you know, <laughs> the the next generation said, okay, we need to grow this asset. The 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 preceding generation said, no, 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 let's be, no, let's not rock the boat. Let's do this. No, we need to do both. It's not just one or the other. And the same for the agility. So it's really having the family to really come together and say, we have to do the SGA formula is really what the, uh, you know, what um, for me the most complex uh, task is. Are there practical ways that we can help a family think more along the lines of agility and sort of become more agile? For me, I mean, the agility, what do we mean by agility? What we mean by agility is basically, you know, flexibility to be able to take advantage of opportunities that are around us, that are created by this turbulent times, by creating by, you know, and I'm just not talking about, you know, market timings or something, but also opportunities in terms of uh, partner with other families, as an example, or opportunities. For me, that's the agility. So, so you have to be, so it's a very fine delineation for me between the stability on one hand, if you want, which is really kind of stable, you know, we make sure that the bedrock is something, and the ability to take advantage of opportunity and how far do you want to go in that risk thing. So practically what that mean? So one of the things that I tell my families to start off with is basically to take, again, the portfolio view of, you know, what their wealth looks like, and really looking at it in terms of what I call a green, a yellow, and a red. And the green is assets that we definitely, or activities that we definitely want to continue as a family because they're important for either the growth or the wealth creation or things. So that's the, the, the green, what I call the green asset. Assets meaning, you know, the overall tangible, mm-hmm. intangible assets. Right? That's the green. The yellow, the one that we're not sure about and we're going to have to make a decision on. That's something that goes through. And the red one is basically that we feel because of today's circumstances, could be a market circumstance, those are assets that we probably need to, you know, change and liquidize. So you go back to in practical assets or in practical businesses, you go to your old, and I will use that example because it, it speaks to people, but, you know, the old factory that the grandfather built, you know, way back when, and you know, God, we can't touch it because this is this is this is the old. Okay, today's time we don't have because it's it's capital that is put us that could be used for something else, take advantage mm-hmm. of opportunities. So, so they I think, but you know, that's a very simple example. But there's a lot of different. So, take an inventory of what we have in terms of uh, two is I think also take an inventory of what our core competency, what today's core competencies are. And what are the core competencies that we need to develop, you know, through entrepreneurial training, through, uh, so what are some of the core competencies? Many of our governance structures are very static in family mm-hmm. businesses, right? We have, we have the board, you have this. Well, let's think about this, okay? How can we accelerate the decision-making process so we don't have this stalemate thing? So do we create committees, as an example, that can make quick decisions to be able to take advantage of an opportunity? So you know, between the after the agility and be able to the balance sheet, what I call the between the decision making and the governance are kind of the three pieces for me of the you know the the mm-hmm. agility that needs to be evolved and and for each one of them you can make different steps to uh, to make sure that you're you have the agility in the market. 
One thing that is, of course, a very dominating contributor in how this formula works out for different families is how risk is perceived. So, and I think I'm always fascinated by this because all three of these layers, if you will, stability, growth, and agility are very much determined by a family's risk adversity or like, you know, uh, yeah, exactly, or uh, adversion, exactly, or how risk hungry they are. And, you know, the other day I woke up and I read the news and I really started to ask myself, (laughs) do we even have a choice these days? to discuss what is a risk or not, because it's all become so relative and uncertainty is at such an all-time high that can families even uphold a culture of of risk aversion anymore? is, Is there a safe strategy at all now? And also, how do we overcome maybe the wrong kind of risk aversion that keeps us maybe stuck in traditional models that will inevitably become obsolete? For me, the fundamental goes back, I think, to the family's core competencies. And I think the understanding of the risk you're taking. And I think for me, that's a fundamental thing. So yes, you can take risks as long as you understand the risk you're taking and why you're taking and how you're taking it. And, you know, you take the example of diversification, right? As an example, that's a very good example of risk-taking all this. At the end of the day, okay, why do you diversify? Because, you know, people say, well, Mm -hmm. you know, you make money by concentrating your wealth and you keep it by diversifying. That's the the traditional single thing. True, yes or no, it can be debated, but I'm not going to get into this now. But, But the point is, I think, is that when you diversify your assets, okay, you have to diversify around your core competencies. What you, what I mean by that mm-hmm. is things that your activities that you really understand. That could be, you know, philanthropic, you know, asset could be, you know, operating asset could be all kind of. Uh, so the notion of risk, you know, is very much tied for me to your core competencies and your ability, therefore, to understand. Like I grew up in a manufacturing business, four generation, uh, five generation now in the industrial you know, company, the steel wire business in Belgium. And I think I understand the manufacturing sector pretty well. I think I, you know, I can go through, you know, a steel plant, I can go through a thing and I, I can see what the, so I'm a terrible investor, you know, <laughs> at a personal level yeah. in retail activities or in other things. Why? Because I, you know, I mean, I invest in a restaurant at some point and I, you know, I lost my shirt on it because I mean, I didn't <laughs> understand the dynamics. I don't, yeah. I, I didn't, uh, I should stick to what I, so, so that again, I took risk because I was looking for a return there and it's okay. I think, but at the end of the day, I was not, it was a, a risk that was detached from my core competency. Mm. And I think when you take risk, you have to attach it to your core competency. So you understand because at the end of the day, when you invest in business, when you take risk, it's going to go through phases of, you know, positive and negative returns. It's going to mm-hmm. be a thing. So you have to understand, you know, how you're managing that risk if you want. So core competencies and risk for me are very much tight. Can we let next gens start with agility when they haven't been witness to what constitutes the foundation, the stability and the growth? Well, I think the tendency for a next gen is to get introduced to agility. because that's the exciting part, right? That's really mm-hmm. the exciting part of things. We're going to take this risk here we're going to take opportunity here we're going to get into you know electric vehicle this is really exciting this is really great that's a natural tendency and i think your 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 comment i think is is so right on ramia because i think we have to step back from that because i think that again you can't look at agility who's not looking at you know the stability and the growth at the same time you have to look at it. 
So even from a training perspective for the next generation, you have to almost bring it back to, you know, and that could be as simple as, you know, have them work in the business, you know, as an example, if you have an operating business to understand what the, the traditional stability of the, you know, the family legacy is all about and provide the stem services or introduce them to certain structures you want that are governance structure that are stable. So before you bring them into the agility part, which they would be, you know, naturally be conversion to, and the same for the growth, because, you know, at the end of the day, you can't have that agility without the growth. You can't have, at the end of the day, the reason why you want to be agile, you want to, because you want to obviously grow, continue to grow your family and your assets and all that. So they have to, again, understand all three concepts. And I think that we have to move away from the tendency of moving the next generation into that mm-hmm. agility box and really stepping back and said, you've got to understand the whole picture. And I think we want to a common vision. Last question for you today, Francois. In terms of how you think, you know, families are set up today in facing the the mega mega trends that we're seeing right now. So if you look at the families that you deal with, but also your own family and just generally the trends that you're seeing and families understanding these kinds of frameworks. Are we going to see a lot of family enterprise and family wealth mortality, do you think, over the next few years? Or do you feel like most of the people you talk to are relatively close to getting some sort of preparedness together? It's a great question. Obviously, we have we obviously have this, you know, this huge wealth transfer going, which, you know, inevitably through that wealth transfer, we're going to see some, you know, um, I would call a large cemetery of family businesses that will not mm-hmm. make it to the next generation. Not necessarily from, you know, could be because of family factors as well mm-hmm. as, you know, other other factors. But I would say that the majority of the families and those are, you know, fairly large families that we deal with. I think um, particularly given the turmoil in the market today, particularly given things, I think, and, and, and not just now, but even after the 2008-2009 crisis, I think they're, you know, <clears throat> They're more, um, you know, convinced and they're more determined to perpetrate the family wealth through generation. It may not be the family business as it is in our own, but it's a form of wealth that they want to pass on to the next generation. And that's why, again, where you take the portfolio approach, you have to look at that, not just owning a a single legacy business, but really looking at the total portfolio. So I think what, what has created the, you know, from 2008, 2009, what could have been the death of family business actually has really invigorated family wealth and family owners or, or entrepreneurial families to continue to continue to build their wealth. And look at the trend, for instance, in uh, direct investments, right? I mean, looking at how families have, why do families doing more direct investment? Because they want to protect their wealth through generation. It's not just a return issue because the other day, you want to attach, and, and that's a whole different discussion, obviously, that we get into here. But but it's a good example how families are want to do more direct investment because they want to basically be able to keep that family mm-hmm. unity and that total wealth together to continue to grow a generation. So you know, I'm a I'm a perpetual optimist. So I'm <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, but I think that I think families and and again, I think if families really stick to, you know, the stability, the growth and the agility, they'll be able to do that. They'll be able to do that. They have to have, they have to take that portfolio view and they have to apply a GA to be able to grow that uh, thing. And it, it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time for families. 
Thank you, François. You heard it here, listeners. In case you feel your family enterprise is currently not up to scratch, according to François, just take it to the gym, work on the core, the muscles, and the flexibility, and you will be fine. François, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We appreciate it. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thank you, Ramir. Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.